Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. We're in a series called Making Great Families, and we've up to this point, we've talked about how the family is something that is family by blood, but it's also family by spirit. And, and uh, we, the, the way that we've looked at it being family by spirit is what God has joined together, let no man separate. So there's something significant that happens when a man and a woman, they come together and they say, yes, you know, I choose you. And, and, and they make a covenant between the two of them and, and of course, you know, with the Lord in the center of it, that listen, I want to spend the rest of my life, the rest of my days with you. And so the Spirit of the Lord does something. It's just not when they come together in a sexual manner. There's that. There's something spiritual that happens um, at the time that that takes place. But he really does make us one in spirit and 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 we are family here today because of the blood of Jesus Christ amen and you've got family because you know you've got a mom that birthed you and you've got a dad that 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 you know has fathered you and you've got brothers and sisters where you share you know the same blood and so so family is broad um and um and and I love the idea of the family and and today we're going to be specifically talking about marriages. And I just want you to know this that the title of my message is there's hope for tomorrow because I thought this was the perfect title because um be, because there's not a perfect marriage. And so in the event that you find yourself come on desiring something more out of your marriage, out of your family, I want you to know this, that, that there's hope for tomorrow. Like God takes us from glory to glory, you know, to glory. What's sad is a lot of times people in their, in their marriages, whenever they run against trouble and turmoil, has anybody had trouble in your marriage? Anybody? Anybody? I was gonna name. I was gonna name the title. Of my, I titled the, the my message. Uh, you know, I was. We were sitting around last night and around the fire, and and Tyler was like, "My son, he's home," and and he was like, "Hey, Dad, what are you speaking on tomorrow?" And I'm like, "I'm gonna talk about marriage," and that's always a, a, a scary topic for me to talk about because I know my wife listens to every message, but she really listens, you know what I mean, to this anytime I talk about marriage. And he said, oh man, what's the title? And I said, how to have the perfect marriage by Travis Turner. And I could tell the heat, like the heat, you know, no, no, it wasn't that bad. But, uh, but, but there's hope for tomorrow. <laughs> Javi's laughing up here because he probably knows us more than anybody. And uh, <laughs> he could sense it. He could see it, right? Um, but I want you to know this, that there's hope for tomorrow, right? In fact, I'll say this, that, you know, we're talking about marriages today and family today. But if there's anything that you're unsatisfied with, there's hope for tomorrow. Come on, it's amazing whenever you bring a God that is without limitations and can do anything. 
When you bring him into the center of it, that thing can get better. Amen. And so there's hope for tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe maybe you've got, you know, you would deem your marriage to be the perfect marriage right now. God bless you. That's awesome. But maybe you've got something else that you're that you're dealing with. Take the principles that I'm sharing with you today about marriage and apply it to that other area of your life. And there's hope for tomorrow. Amen. There's hope for tomorrow. And so. If your marriage is lacking, you can change it today. Tomorrow it can be better. Any struggle you have, you can change it today, and tomorrow can be better because we serve a great God. I want to turn to the book of Genesis real quick. Genesis. The Bible says this, Then the Lord God made woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That's why a man leaves his father and his mother and is united with his wife, and they become one flesh. This is Genesis chapter 2, 22 through 24. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you for the word of the Lord that we just shared. We pray, Lord, that over these next few minutes, God, that you would just do the work that needs to be done. There was a prophecy that was given even before the service that even though today, God, we're not going to talk about anything new whenever it comes to the marriage. We're going to talk about the fundamentals, the basics. But the word of the Lord came forward and said, this is going to be new to somebody here today. And somebody's life is going to be radically changed and transformed because of the information that is shared today. And so, God, we receive that by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said amen. amen. I got a question for you real quick. Has anybody here ever made a fool of yourself in the name of love? Anybody ever made a fool? Anybody care to share how you've made a fool of yourself in the name of love? Anybody? All hands went down. Nobody is so bold. Well, I remember. What's that? Did somebody say something? Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. He was like, man, the Lord must be setting something up. I keep bumping into this woman. Yeah, lots of prayers. So I remember I was about 11 or 12 years old, so don't hold this against me, but there was this cute girl that, that, had, that had moved to, to our school, and, um, and I was like, man, she's real cute. And I was a romantic. I'm still a romantic. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Tina's like dying up front. Uh, she's, can somebody move her to the back row, please? No. <laughs> but I thought it was a great idea. I thought it was an incredible idea. There was a song that came out by Brian Adams at the time. It was the song Heaven, and so I invited her over to my house. I'm 11 years old, I believe. It was 1983, 1982, right around in there. And I thought to myself, man, I really like this song, and I'm going to sing her this song. And so we had it on a tape, a cassette tape back then. Anybody know what a cassette tape is anymore? Anybody? All right. Anybody ever make a love tape for that special person that you love tapes by Travis Turner, right? 
Anybody? Nobody? Love tapes, bro. You sit around, you put heart into that. We weren't writers, Jay. We weren't writers. We couldn't write poetry, but we could put some songs together that would make you melt, right? So anyway, I thought it was a good idea. I was going to bring her over to my house. I asked my mom, can I have this person over to my house? And, uh, and I, I made sure nobody was in the living room. And, and I had a boom box back then. Anybody know what a boom box is? Right? Anybody do the boom box and pack the cardboard around and do backspins and cool things like that? Yeah, your pastor's got skills. Well, anyway, I thought it was a great idea for me to sing a song to her. And so, man, I started playing. And then uh, the song goes, oh, thinking about our younger years. Now, listen, I'm like, I'm like 11 years old. And I don't know how much younger you can get, but it was only you and me. And I was in it, bro. I was like in it. And the next thing you know, I'm finished with the verse, and she's gone. She is, she, is, she is gone. And then I was thinking, oh, man, that didn't go near like I thought it was going to go. And then she wasn't at school on Monday. I never saw the girl again. I don't know if I caused them to move or, or, just, or just what, but... Come on, you make a fool of yourself in the name of love. And, and I know that, you know, while you may not have made the best mixtapes like Jay and I did and, you know, love songs of the 80s or 90s or what was your time? Okay, in the night, love songs of the 90s. Even though you didn't do that, you did your own thing. How many of you remember the corded phone? You know what I'm saying? where you, you, you would have the 30-foot phone that you, you could even take the phone into the restroom if you needed to. Well, we had such a long cord on our phone, I could take the phone all the way from the kitchen where the phone was, all the way into my bedroom. I had enough space under my door. I could shut my door. And there were times where I would just fall asleep talking to you know whoever it was that was. Anybody fall asleep just talking to somebody Did you? You can't remember their name now, but you were, it was so, Tyson's like, I do remember. No. <laughs> but in the name of love, come on, it causes you to do crazy things. Anybody drive, Javi? Anybody like drive when you're not supposed to drive? You know what I'm saying? And drive hours to go see Miss Davina? You know, hours just so you could spend maybe a few minutes and it was worth it, right? Dedication, commitment. And so, so one day it seems like you wake up and there's no more romance. There's no more romance. And the reason why there's no more romance is simply because you stopped working the relationship. The question is this, is what other area in life can you get lazy in but still see incredible improvement? Can you do it in your health? No, you can't. I'm a perfect example of that. You just, you just kind of let things go and you excuse every reason as to why you deserve to have three pieces of cheesecake instead of one piece, right? Why you deserve to have, you know, two rolls of donuts instead of just one roll, 
You know what I'm saying? You, you, it's like, man, I love this so much. I'm just going to get, you know, you get lazy in your pursuit of anything. Nothing improves when you're lazy. Some of you that own businesses or you manage businesses or you're in the ministry, at the moment that you relax and stop doing what it is that you, that, that you did to get you to where it is that you are in your business or being an incredible teacher or, or having a, a ministry that's really effective, at the moment that you relax and get lazy in it, come on, that thing tapers off for a short period of time and then it starts to decline. You see, nothing, there's absolutely nothing that will get better and improve whenever you get lazy in running it. And the Bible says this, that that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and the two become one flesh. You know, it's crazy to me whenever, you know, Pastor Javi or myself or any of the other staff members, you know, they're, they're talking to somebody and Tina was just speaking with somebody just the other day. I can't remember who it was, but they were just like, yeah, you know, they, 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 they're getting a divorce. You know, they're getting a divorce. And this is what you hear whenever somebody says, listen, we're getting a divorce. Well, we just kind of grew apart, right? We just don't love each other anymore. We fell out of love. Like falling into love is, is like falling into a ditch. You just fall out of it as easy as you, as you fall into it, you know? And literally, when somebody says, I'm getting a divorce, we just don't love anymore, we've fallen out of love, it's literally like having a cell phone, a brand new cell phone. What's the latest cell phone, Javi? You just got one. The iPhone, what? iPhone 12. I don't know why anybody would go iPhone, but anyway, that's a different story. But it would be like getting, it would be like getting a brand new cell phone and then throwing it away the moment that the battery just went, you know, you, you burned out the battery the first time. It's, it's literally like buying a car and selling the car because you ran out of gas. Listen, there are going to be moments whenever it seems like you run out of love. And all that means is it's time to recharge it like you recharge a phone and refuel it like you refill up your car, right? It just means it's an indicator that, hey, something needs to change. Something has to happen. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves unto his wife and unites unto his wife is what one scripture says, and the two of them become one flesh. So the word unite is the word debak, D-A-B-A-Q, debak, in the Greek, and this is what it means, to cling to or adhere to, to catch by pursuit. See, you were being super scriptural by positioning yourself. You know what I'm saying? You were pursuing him, and he didn't even know he was being pursued. To cling to, adhere to, to catch by pursuit, or to pursue hard with affection and devotion. So why did you have something special years ago? Why did you have something special six months ago and it's not super special, you know, right now? It simply is because you stopped pursuing that person. You stopped working that relationship. In the Old Testament, there's a beautiful story. It's, it's, it's a story uh, between a man by the name of Jacob that, that kind of, you know, ran away from, you know, a situation in his family and he went to another family member. He had an uncle by the name of Laban. 
And, and Laban had, had some, some daughters, and Jacob was at a period of time in his life where he was wanting to get married. And Jacob, you know, saw one daughter, which was, the Bible says, man, she was beautiful. She was amazing. Her name was Rachel. And, and so Jacob was like, hey, listen, I really, really like Rachel. And so the father said, the father said, listen, you can have her if you work seven years, if you work for me for seven years, seven years of labor. He was like, oh, man, absolutely. I, I would work a lot longer than that. And then all of a sudden they make this deal. And, uh, and, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's time for the, you know, for the marriage. And Laban tricks Jacob. He's got another daughter. It's the oldest daughter. And her name is Leah. And the Bible literally says, the Bible literally says that Leah, Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was beautiful. You know, the, the translation of this was Rachel was hot and Leah had an incredible personality. Right? I mean, that's literally what the Bible says is that, that Leah had weak eyes but Rachel, she was amazing. And, um, and so, so anyway, they make this deal, and Laban, the, the, the dad, he, he, he pulled a fast one, puts a veil over her head. And, and anyway, Jacob ends up marrying Leah, and then they find out the next day, the whole next day, everything happened. It was legitimate. And he wakes up and he is angry, upset. He goes to, you know, his father-in-law. He says, this is in the Bible, by the way. I'm not sharing with you a stretch. I'm not trying to be funny here. This is like this story. Matter of fact, read Genesis 28 or 29 or 30, right around in there. You're going, I believe it's 29. Read the story. You're going to find that it's absolutely true. Genesis 29. Tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. All right. So. Wakes up, he's very upset, goes to his father, and he's like, listen, it's customary that we, you know, that the oldest marry before the, before the youngest. He says, I tell you what I'll do, though. If you'll work seven more years, I'll give you, I'll give you Rachel as well. Well, I, when I was listening to this story, I always thought, until just recently, I really thought the man, here this man had to work seven years. He got, he got his wife, Leah. He had, to, he had to be with her for seven years. And then after he worked, you know, that seven years, plus another seven years, that's when he got, that's when he got Rachel. But that's not how the story goes. I don't know why that's how I, why I thought the story was like that. But immediately after the one-week period of time, that, that Jacob was with Leah, the one with the great personality, there was a week to solidify that. After that one-week period, he married Rachel, and then he worked all of the years that he was supposed to work for. And so I think that is super significant because here you've got a guy that continued to work after he had the girl. And the problem is, and this is a real problem, both for men and for women, that after you get what it is that you want, you just kind of relax. 
You just kind of, and you stop pursuing and you stop working. Come on, what if you would go back and do many of the same things that you did, come on, leading up to, you know, that special day when everybody was celebrating? Because I really do believe that there is no person that says, you know, they come up to an altar and they say their I do's and, and they have any desire, you know what I mean, to get caught up in pornography. They, they have no desire at that moment, you know, to get eyes for somebody that's not their husband or not their wife. Like, at the, like they, they don't have a desire. Their only desire at the time that they say their I do's is, yes, I really do want to spend the rest of my life with this person. But then something changes. And I'm telling you, in the sales industry, we used to call it bait and switch. And I see a lot of bait and switch that's taking place today. And I'm probably very guilty of it myself, where, where the person falls in love with the best you that you have to offer, and then all of the sudden, shortly after the I do's, everything changes. Like, we have known people, come on, that everything was based on a relationship with the Lord. And man, I love you, and I love the Lord, and God's going to do this incredible thing, you know, in our life as we come together, and then all of the sudden... They say the I do's, they go to the altar, and now the person doesn't want to have anything to do with the Lord. What a terrible, terrible, come on, thing, right? And, and, and that's messy. That's very difficult to, you know, to work through. But I'm telling you, God, can, God is a miracle-making God. So in pursuit of a stronger marriage, I'm going to go through these relatively quickly just because of time's sake. I'm not sharing with you anything earth-shattering or, uh, or groundbreaking, but what this is is a reminder, come on, to do some things fresh and new again. Number one is this. Share the good thoughts that you think. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13, encourage one another daily. How often? How often? As long as it is called today. So and share the good thoughts that you think. Give those thoughts away. You know, it's crazy between men and women how oftentimes wonderful thoughts about your wife or wonderful thoughts about your husband is just kept to yourself. And it could be kept to yourself for a lot of different reasons. Maybe you don't want him to get a big head. Maybe you think he's already got a big head. And you're like, no, I'm just going to keep that. He can't. He can't deal with that. Or maybe, maybe the person, you know, she's been undeserving of the incredible compliment that, 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 that you have just paused in time and you're just like, wow. I, maybe it's just the way that she walked into the room or how her hair looks or, or just whatever, but she's not been acting that wonderful to you. And so this beautiful thought comes in your mind and you keep it because you're like, no, she doesn't deserve it right now. Maybe I'll give it to her later. Why would you withhold from your husband and from your wife, your life partner, why do we? Why, not why would you. Why do we withhold sometimes some of these life-giving you know, uh, uh, statements? And I'm not talking be cheesy and, and uh, you know, maybe you got a lot of cheese. I don't know. I just don't like a lot of cheese. 
I'm not talking about just saying things to say them. I'm talking about when something good comes into your mind to share, just share it, whatever it is that it, that, that it is. Because I believe wholeheartedly why you not, might not know what your husband needs or you might not know what your wife needs, the Lord does. And who better to deliver that than come on your life partner? So encourage one another daily. How often? Daily, as long as it's called today. It goes on to say, so that your heart is not hardened by sins of deceitfulness. I want to give you some insight that you may be aware of or you may not be aware of, but men and women are different. I don't know if you know that or not. That's probably the, the like, wow, I better write this one down. You know, the, 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 the big, wow, I didn't know that. You know, but men and women are different. And men, I want to encourage you as I'm encouraging myself, pursue your wife with words of affection. With words of affection. What are words of affection? Has anybody got a good example of a word of women? Tell us what a good uh, statement of affection is. I love you. Absolutely. Women, this is the time. You have the stage to share with all of us that are sometimes clueless. What are some good statements of affection? Words that will really mean something to you if they're believed. Yes. Thank you for helping. Thank you for whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else? Yes. What can I help you with? What can I help you with? Six words that would probably change any marriage for the better, right? I got to remember this. What can, what can I help you with? Yes, Stephanie. I respect your opinion. I respect your opinion. The four word and the six word. Yes, Raleigh. I appreciate you. These are getting easier because there's only three words for me. Yes. You're amazing. Down to two. What is a one-word statement that men can say just so I can take something home with me? Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. I'm sorry. That's two. Or if you're from the South, you could roll it together. I'm sorry. I'm uh, <laughs> So this is, this is incredible. So pursue her with words of affection. And these words, men, I am told, are non-sexual words. Meaning that if we can learn how to share affectionate words with our spouse that is not intended to lead to something that you desire, then it's better, like it's best. Right? Can I get an amen from the ladies? All right. Men can make anything sexual. Most men. Let me stop just for a second. Most men can make anything sexual. Not all men are created like this. And so we don't want to broad brush anything. There are some men that have no problem speaking words of affection. And they're not be any, anything beyond what it is that they're saying. But there's many men that... that 
that are very, very, very sad. Like, like that's their, their one-geared men. We've got one gear. Your wife says, hey, listen, I need you to take out the trash. And, and they go, I'll take out your trash. <laughs> Probably doesn't go very, okay, yep, all right, all right. Women have multiple gears, multiple gears, right? One thing about women is they're unpredictable. Is that the truth? The only thing predictable about a woman is she's unpredictable, right? And so, so you, can, you, can, you can actually, there are days, guys, where what you might do or say, it might be... Um, it might be cute. The very next day that you do or say that same thing, it might not be that cute. Um, and so you're going to continue to do it because it's a gamble you're willing to take. But <laughs> one author said this, and this is great information for us guys and also for the women. One author said this, oftentimes say, I love you. But don't just stop with, I love you. Say, I love you because. I love you because, and then fill in the blank. Like, this is really something that we can take home today. We can take this home today, and we can practice it today. Both men and women. I love you because. I love you because, and then fill in the blank. Women, pursue him with words of affirmation. Most men, not all men, but most men really desire to know if you believe in them today. Like, and they want to hear it from the one that knows them the best. They want to hear it that, they, that you believe that they're the best. You believe the best in them from the one that knows them the best. All right, number two is this. When you think something nice, do it. The Bible says in James chapter 4 and 17, if anyone then knows the good that they ought to do, but doesn't do it, it is a sin to them. I wholly believe that the Holy Spirit will, will speak to you, will give you, you know, give you ideas on what it is that you can do to foster an incredible relationship with your husband and your wife. And so... When you think something nice, do it. And I can just tell you in, in my home, somebody said it up here, you know, actually, and, and somebody said it in the pre-service, you know, uh, meeting that we had, you know, sometimes guys will say, listen, I'll take a bullet for you. But the, the analogy was, well, listen, I don't want you to take a bullet for me. I just want you to mop the floor, right? That's what you said, Brandon, right? And, um, and, and I can just say in my own, in my own household, which, which I'm not the best at this, but in my own household, like the little things, taking out the garbage and, and, and helping with the dishes, and I, she won't let me do the laundry because that's a whole other story of itself. But, but there are certain things. You will now? Oh, my own laundry. Okay, just not your laundry. Okay, I can do my own laundry. Just don't touch her laundry. That makes, that makes more sense. But honestly, like if I was really, if I, and, 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 and I don't know. I don't know if I'm just, I don't know. 
I just, I need to listen to when you think something nice, do it. How many of you have had, call it whatever, intuition, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have had something come across your mind that you're just like, man, that's a dang good idea, only to throw yourself back in the couch and then not do it, and then that time passes. And then shortly after the time passes, there is a statement that is made about the very thing that that intuition or the Lord was prompting you by the power of the Holy Spirit to do, and you missed it. I often think of this like, like an opportunity just to share the gospel with somebody or just say, hey, listen, Joe, can I pray for you about something? And then you're just like, no, nah, I'm really not going to put myself out there. And then all of a sudden, somebody else goes behind you and does the very same thing that you were supposed to do. Bible says if you don't do what you know you ought to do, it is a sin. It is a sin for them. And so when you don't do it, it's a sin. Watching that chick flick. Um, ladies, if you don't like to golf or, or vice versa, guys, if you don't like to golf, just going out on the golf course and, and spending some time, maybe riding, right, Try, Troy? Just, just riding along and hanging out and... and um, but just doing the thing that you really would not don't prefer to do, but you do it because you know that your husband or your wife really enjoys it. All right, number three is this. This is our last one. When you want something different, be it. When you want something different, be it. We are all so good at lists. Man, I wish my husband was... Da, 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 da. Oh, man, I wish my wife would do... We've got these lists, and I'm just saying that one of the greatest things that we can do is this, that when you want something different, you take ownership and you be the difference that you want. I'm just going to talk just openly, just real quick for, for our church, just for a little moment here. There's two things. Number one, men, you need to be the leader of your home. You need to be the leader of your home. If you don't see that you have very good leadership traits and qualities, then I encourage you to develop. Get with somebody, another man or another person that, that really has strong leadership qualities. But I'm telling you this, that your family needs a strong leader in your home. And guess what? This community needs strong men that are leaders in this community. And oh, by the way, this church needs strong men that are, that are leaders in this church. Amen? So if you don't know how to be a good leader, or maybe you've stepped out and you've tried to lead well, but culture is just coming against you. And I'm just telling you this, men, don't apologize for being a man. Don't apologize for being masculine. Don't apologize for how it is that God has created you to be. Because regardless of what direction culture is going, and regardless of how culture is wanting to define how you're supposed to be, and who you're supposed to be, and how you're supposed to act, God has created you in His image and His likeness as a man to be a man, not to be another woman. You have never been created, men, to be a woman. 
So sometimes we have to be reminded that it's, it's okay, you know, to be a man. There is a position and there is a place and there is a need for your masculinity, come on, and your leadership with wisdom, Come on, and love. If you have a hard time figuring out what I'm talking about, look at Jesus' life. Look at Jesus' life. How he was, not, he was not a sissy. He was not a wimp. He was very strong. When he spoke, he didn't have to yell. He didn't have to beat his chest. When he spoke, he spoke from a position of authority. Amen? He was a leader. And whenever it did you know, take, you know, some, some bigger action. He was always willing to do that. You know, there's a couple of things recorded. One of them is him tossing tables over. I mean, imagine if that was to happen today. You, you know what I'm saying? It wouldn't have been well, it wouldn't be well accepted. It probably wasn't really well accepted in his day either, right? And I'm just saying that men, it's time for you to it's time for you to lead and to lead well. It's time for you to make the commitment that you and your family are going to be in the house of the Lord. Come on, studies have shown this for a year. I'm not going to bore you with, with details. But the truth is, is if a, if, a, if, a, if a woman, and this is not downgrading a woman, it's not, I'm not separating, I'm not trying to say one's more important. God loves every person equally, amen. He doesn't love men more than he loves women. He doesn't love kids more than he loves, you know, men. I'm just telling you, he loves people equally, but he is a God of order, amen. There is a structure, and regardless of how our culture shifts and, and, and whatnot, you have to and I have to have a biblical understanding of how God moves. Amen? And what His structure is. It's not outdated. It's, 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 it's never going to be outdated. It's always going to be the perfect plan. It's always going to be, it's always going to be right. And so I'm just telling you that, that you've got to start leading. You've got to make the decision to make sure that your family's in the house of the Lord. If the man is committed and falls in love with, with, with Jesus, they, they, the, the chances of the whole family go up significantly that they're going to be planted in the house of the Lord, serving in the house of the Lord as well. Amen? Women are multipliers. This is really, really good for us guys to be reminded of. She is your perfect helpmate. In fact, I've, I've even adopted this. Uh, I felt like the Lord gave me this a long time ago. Every single wedding that I've done, you know, for probably the past two years, this is a statement that I always say. Like, let's say I'm, 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 I'm marrying Javi and Davina. You know, I will turn right to Javi and I will just, you know, challenge him and I'll turn right to Davina and I'll challenge her. and I'll say, listen, you're called to be his perfect helpmate. Do you know this man standing right next to you is never going to become everything that God has called him to become without your help? Right. He needs you and he's going to be better as you are better as you as you use the gifts and talents that God has given you. As you guys together lead your family together, come on, like not every idea, just because it's the man's idea is the right idea. Oh, really? Nobody agrees with me? Really? I do too, Joe. Thank you. 
So God has wired women to be multipliers. You give them love, they give you children, right? You, you, you give them anger, they give you a storm that you don't want to deal with. Like whatever you give them will be magnified and, and multiplied. And so if you don't like what's coming back, then one of the great things that we can do is just really evaluate what it is that I'm, that I'm giving because, because women do have an incredible ability to magnify and multiply whatever it is that they're given. And my last statement is this. Come on, to get what you once had, you got to do what you once did. To get what you once had, you got to do what you once did. So this is the deal. I want you with your spouse just to, just to stand up with me. If your spouse is here, Tina, come on up here just real quick. I know you weren't ready for this. You don't like it when I do this, but stand to your feet, please, everybody. We're just going to pray. Lord, we just thank you so much just for this time. And God, I pray for those that are here that, that do not have a spouse right now. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that whenever that time is, is, uh, is, is right and it's ready, God, I pray that you will give them the perfect helpmate, God. And even now begin to share with them that there's struggles and difficulties that every marriage is going to go through. But as they commit to serve you and to serve one another, it can be beautiful and long-lasting. And there's nothing, Lord, that, that marriages cannot get through. God, I just pray for those that are hurting today, maybe because they've lost a spouse, a loved one, or they've just gone through a, just a tough divorce or just whatever, God. I just pray that the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the comfort of God, would just be close to them. God, today what we do is we just say we trust you with our relationships. We trust you with them. God, help us to, you know, to do our part and to be you know, be good stewards of our relationship, whatever level they are. And Lord, let us honor you with them in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. God bless you guys. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.